Welcome to the Grant and Tyler podcast. I am Tyler. And I'm Grant. We are so glad you tuned in. Uh, this is our intro episode. Intro. Intronomore. Yeah. Whatever uh, that means. We need some like po- in post, like some woo celebration. Intro. <laughs> do, do, do. Um, do a silent drum roll at home. <laughs> whatever a silent drum roll means to you. Whatever that means to you is what you need to be doing right now. Where does this name, I mean, obviously Grant Tyler is our names, Mm -hmm. but like, where does this name come from? Well, I think back in the day, uh, do you think it was 2K or or NCAA? I think it was 2K. Okay. So when when I was a middle schooler, Bat, it had to be like 2K11. It was it was, <laughs> it was the Jordan one, dude. The yeah, first, the first Jordan one. <laughs> so yeah, like 2011, we we made. Uh, if you've never played 2K, this might be hard to understand. But there's like a my career mode where you make a character and you take them through an NBA season. You can do more, but I usually only do a season. Same. <laughs> and uh, Tyler and I were like, this is a really fun mode, but we can't play two player. So we're just going to switch off every quarter and play with this guy. And uh, we de- we decided to name him Grant Tyler. Because the announcer was so much cooler than Tyler Grant. Yeah. He was like, Grant Tyler! <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is, sounds cooler than Tyler Grant. I don't know why. It just it has a, a certain pizzazz about it. It does. It does indeed. So, Tyler. Yes. You've been in ministry for how long now? Ten and a half plus years. Ten and a half plus years. And yes. and through that, um, you've raised up so many leaders within the church. Um, tell us about your growth as a minister from when you first started out. Um, some of the things that you were doing and learning to then, you know, to ten years. Plus. Yeah. What were you what what did you learn at that point? Yeah, I mean <laughs> Let's be honest. Fresh out of college, you're just like, I'm glad I have a job. <laughs> uh, this is awesome. Uh, and then you get to, to work, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's more obvious than others that you have zero clue. Uh, at first, I will say, like, every week, I kind of did everything myself. And, like... I just had to, I did all the lessons, I did all the games, I ran all the things. Of course, you know, you had people that helped you and shaped you, but then it is overwhelming when you have to do every aspect of your ministry by yourself. And like, For sure. And you're trying to figure it out. Like, I, you don't learn certain things in college. It, it's, uh, my dad on Facebook says uh, he went to the School of Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. um, which... Let's be honest, is pretty good. Yeah. Because like experience is the best uh teacher. Yeah. And as I went along in ministry, something that I really learned is like you can't just do everything. You have to be able to hand off certain things. Like, um whenever what it became a science basically, like we're I had certain roles and certain things, and at first, I still did most of it, where I wrote out um, every word that they would say, and it's like, make make this your words, and yeah. then 
you went up there, they did their thing. And then as you went and building those people and those leaders and helping them and coaching them, I gave them less and less as time went on. Mm-hmm. And by the, by the time someone is um, doing it for like their 10th time, I wrote like four notes. Yeah. Here's your direction. Here's mm-hmm. your thing. And then, of course, I, I didn't just leave them alone. I, I met with them two or three times as they're writing their lessons, and I, I coached them. But what happens is they feel this pressure, and they become like a diamond. You know, and well, there's a little diamond by the shine pressure. Bright like they, a diamond. They shine bright like a diamond. Yeah. And over time, when you feel that pressure of having to write a lesson or having to be on stage or have like that shapes you and molds you and grows people. Um, and now outside of vocational ministry, I mean, that, that goes across the board. If whatever you're doing and growing leaders and growing people and discipleship, like, Anything I do is going to be a sort a sort of discipleship. Yeah, I'm always going to have Jesus as a part of it, and I'm always going to um, lead in such a way where I'm helping people grow and realize their potential by feeling that pressure. Mm-hmm. So, would, would you, when you look at ministry, what would you say like God is? Because you're not maybe in a church right now right. doing doing ministry, but I think we're all still called to be a part of doing kingdom work. And so what do you think God has placed a calling on your life? Like what's your passion? What's he pointing you towards? My, so I did a, a life plan. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yes. Of course you have. <laughs> um, but I did a life plan and my thing is to create leaders from the fertile soil of my life, which sounds kind of weird. Um, but basically what that means is I have to take care of my own soil, my own relationship with God, and I want to launch leaders by helping them feel that pressure and helping them grow. Um, so, and I, I want to do it because of my faith in Christ and how, um, how I live my life. And so my passion is to create and launch leaders in Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and speaking to that, uh, I was one of your previous students, uh, a junior hire when we met. Um, Tyler moved in with my family actually when he was an intern um, into yep. ministry, and we kind of, well, I kind of grew up alongside you. I, I think we grew up together. Yeah, a little bit. I think bit. that's fair. <laughs> I mean, 10 years apart, but still together. Yeah, and so uh, Tyler is a mentor. He's an older brother. Um, friend it's been super cool just having our relationship but part of you speaking to that mission kind of statement of your life um, I've been able to experience that as the first time I ever spoke in front of people was with with you giving me that opportunity to speak to middle schoolers and uh, fast forward some years and way better lessons than that first time Um, I I remember one (laughs) Wednesday night when we went home, I was like, because I took you home, like, you don't realize you're a leader, do you? Because you were just goofy. It's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. So, I, uh, probably trying to impress some girl. Probably. Um, but, but we've grown since then. We've grown. We've grown. A little bit. A so, little bit. 
um, but yeah, um, going f- forward through that, I'm now um, my fourth year into ministry myself, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but that legacy that you led leading me up has been so cool. And I would say that now when I'm looking at my own life and where God has kind of placed a mission on my heart is being a part of Gen Z and being a part of just all of people my age and and working with students alongside that, I see so much brokenness at times. And, And it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to say like the mental health and the issues going on like where does God and the church fit into all of this? Um, but I, I've really felt this calling, especially, you know, since I was younger, but yeah. especially in these last couple of years of just God is calling me um, to bring hope and joy to a generation that needs it so bad. Um, and so I desperately want people to know what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And I want them to know how much God loves them um, and and just how that can change their life. And so I think that's kind of the mission that I feel is placed on my life. And so our missions going together is what does that look like um, for the church? And yeah. So I think you and I were talking together and we were like, man, the church is doing so many things well, but there are also things that it's not doing well and we both have hearts to see people you know be raised up to to be leaders um and also for them to know the love of god and so um it, it's something that's on both of our hearts to to be a part of that absolutely and not you know not only just be their best self and yeah. what that looks like isn't what the world tells you to be like, yeah be your best self do you boo you know it's not that it is like literally submitting your life to christ yes and dying to yourself and living in christ and it sounds it sounds weird sounds not fun yeah but my goodness the freedom you get when you submit your life to god and live in a different way blessings over yeah and to be honest, but parts of it aren't fun. Right. <laughs> um, like, I would say it's similar in a way to, to working out where there are going to be times where it is very hard and there are going to be times where there are blood, sweat, and tears involved in that process of becoming a better person. That's discipline. Yeah, dying to yourself. Um, but just like working out, the benefits of having a healthy body it's similar to the benefits of having a healthy spirit when you're working on your spiritual health. Like it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging, but putting in that discipline is always going to be worth it at the end of the day when you get to live and experience that joy of being in relationship with your creator. Absolutely. And I think the circumstances that you go through will not change. Yeah. But the perspective that you gain by following Christ can absolutely change how you view What are some issues that you see in the church today? Um, some of the issues that, that I see is, I guess, um, just leadership direction. Uh, I think 
as churches are growing bigger, we have congregations and people um, that are giving money and different things like that. And anytime that that's involved, there can be power dynamics at times. And I think, uh, at least in my experience, I think sometimes ministers um, can be not as bold as they should be at, at times um, when it comes to leadership and direction of the church. And uh, I, I definitely see that with bigger churches um, happening more. And so um, it's an interesting, interesting conundrum because you want to be filled with grace, but at the same time, there also need to be times where the church has to step up and people might not like what they hear. And so I, I think that that balance is missing at times. I completely agree. I just, just to not say the same exact thing, but to say something different is it's very political. Yeah. Uh, it, it can become, well, I'm conservative or I'm fine or I'm liberal. And like, we have to talk about all the hot topics. And I just don't think that is a necessity. Yeah. I think our calling is to, like you said, to what you're saying is boldly preach the name of Christ. And what does it look like? To follow Christ. Yeah. So I think what we really want to do through this podcast and through our conversations is not only point out some things that maybe aren't so great about the church, obviously acknowledge those things and say their issues and then talk about scripture and how we apply it to our lives um, because ultimately. That's what this is all about. Yeah, it it can become about it can become about money, power struggle, politics, all these different things. But it really is all about Jesus and how we live our lives. So um, through this podcast, through us talking, we really want to tackle that. Yeah, and I think one one of the major issues going along with all of that and the struggle is that instead of going back to what are what are our concrete beliefs that we believe in rather ourselves is is going back and saying like what does scripture actually say about this not what does my like conservativeness or liberalness like say or or different things and like you're saying politics going on not what my uncle told me back in the day but what does that the Bible say about these issues? What does the Bible say the scripture or the church should look like? Yeah, and I think going back to those things, that's what we're looking to do. Uh yeah, a hundred percent. Because as you read the Bible, if you're reading it honestly, there will be things that you do not like because it it shows you something inside of yourself. Yeah, that isn't right or needs corrected. And that is difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, like, as we hold that mirror up to ourselves, that is the word of God, how can that point us to, like, sharpening our lives by becoming and emulating Jesus? Or becoming more like and emulating, not becoming literally Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the goal's there. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah, so I, I just think uh, the mo- the more we can go back to Scripture and and look at examples, 
uh, found within, especially examples uh, of Jesus living out some of these ideas and, and stuff like that, the better. And so that will be our goal as we, we go into the podcast of not trying to give you Tyler and Grant's opinions or thoughts, which will happen. Yeah. Uh, but as much as scripture as we can to try to navigate what we feel um, the church is, is not doing well right now. But with that, would you say that there's anything the church is doing that is well or good? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. Of course there is. Um, I, I feel like recently it's been more of a correction, at least in the churches I see. They're realizing how important discipleship is. Um, and so you can kind of see that swing of like the intentionality behind the relationships. I really think that's important. Um, I also think like, despite what anybody says, like Christians are the most charitable people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're just giving to organizations about for charity is just higher than the average person. Um, I think, you know, with us being like people being the church, like, I think that's something huge. Yeah, I, I would say that focus on discipleship is definitely something I see. And I feel like it's one of the most important things that you can do just as a community. Like, I, when I go back and I read the book, uh, Old Testament, or Exodus, or, or different things like that, and I see the way Moses raised up Joshua and left the Israelites within good leadership, and then you read like the book of Judges or even First Kings, Second Kings, Chronicles. Oh, yeah. You see so many of these leaders that rise up within uh, Israel or Judah or whatever um, at that time, but then they don't, they don't raise anybody up themselves. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how many characters, kings, people don't aren't good dads. Uh, dude, it is wild. So, have you heard of Streetlight? Uh, yeah, you've shown me before. Yes, yeah, so Streetlights, if you don't know, is a, a, a group that puts a beat together and then reads the Bible. And recently they came out with the book of Judges, and so I re-listened to it. And as you were talking, I was thinking, like, how many times did you see, like, Gideon dies and immediately they worship Baal, or immediately, you know, it's like right after the the leader of the time dies, they're just like, oh, who is this guy? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, who is this God you speak of? And it goes to your point, like, it's incredible the lack of leadership. I mean, even David, yeah, like you look at his sons, and it's like, what happened? A man after God's own heart didn't raise up he was getting chased by one of his sons at one point, you know? Yeah. I was actually just reading about Hezekiah um, and just all the, the changes and things. I mean, he literally brought restoration to Israel. He tore down all the high places um, and brought Israel back to worshiping God. And then as soon as he dies, his son takes over and just completely takes Israel back into a horrible direction sacrificing all this stuff he sacrifices his own son um, for a ritual Um, and so it's just crazy like this amazing guy that flawed like everyone else but like how how do you how do you go from being that 
to not like investing in your son that's going to take over the kingdom at all yeah i i don't know i think i think you look you learn a lot from the old testament yeah what, what to do what not to do <laughs> all those things yeah um but i think as you look at even paul um paul to timothy and then like you just hear all these different names of people that he's partnering with in the gospel yeah and it's like he is replacing himself mm-hmm. time and time again and I think that's just so important to replace yourself. Yeah. And so I think as we talk about the church, um, we'll be obviously talking about things that we don't feel like it's doing well. Um, but we also want to talk about the, the things that like we, we have been talking about that it is doing well and highlight those things um, because we just want to give a, a picture of what we feel like the, the church should be and the potential it should live up to. Um, and no church is, is going to be perfect. But That's because it's ran by people. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting, though, to me about this, so, like, as we talk, like, we probably want to clarify when we talk about the church, are we talking about the organization or are we talking about the body of Christ? Because, like, as we go out there, like, you and I are the body of, like, we are the church. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you as a Christ follower are the church mm-hmm. but also there's the organization of your local church and i love the local church mm-hmm. but like the local church is there to help organize the the body to help the community yeah and so like most of the time i think we're going to be talking about the organizational side but then there's going to be practical application for you personally that you can go and be the church, maybe in your workplace or in your homes, um, anywhere you go. Yeah. Just, uh, I think so much within Western American culture, we have such a focus on individuality. Um, and, you know, you read the course of the Bible and you understand that faith uh, lived out a lot of times is, is more a community yeah, absolutely. thing. and so. Uh, when we're looking at what the church should look like, I think part of that process is going to be looking not just from an inward individuality, but also looking at outwardly, like what do we look like as a community? Um, How can we grow together? We can't just be silos that are like, well, I feel like I'm following God in a good way, but I don't know about those people over there. When it's like, no, we're all in this together. Right. High school musical. <laughs> <laughs> all in this together. Yeah. I completely agree. I was doing premarital with a, a couple not long ago, and they were talking about how they watch church at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, that's awesome that you're, you know, you're taking that step to watch church together. But do you have community mm-hmm. that is following Jesus? that helps you follow Jesus, that you go and serve together, you go and do things. And they're kind of just were like, silent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's fine. I mean, that's okay for now. But like, you're probably, I mean, you're going to maximize your faith in your life if you find community that pushes you in that direction. I mean, that's what the church, like that's what the church is for. Yeah, is to bring community together and go be the body of Christ. Yeah, so 
that will definitely be a topic we'll we'll discuss more in depth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking our direction, and uh, personally, I like us. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I like us too. I guess that's a good way to kind of end our first one. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, and you will hear more from Agent Zeros. Our right. first episode, so next time will be Agent Ones. Yeah. I don't know. Double O Zero. Jesus. Double O Jesus. <laughs> Double O. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>